Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Surviving Motherhood with Chris and Rachel. We're talking about all things parenting, the mishaps, the struggles, and maybe even some motivation. Grab your coffee or wine and join us for some real talk. Hey everyone, welcome to Surviving Motherhood Podcast. We are back with part three of our motherhood month and we're spending all May talking about motherhood, pregnancy, having newborns, toddlers, all the above. Today's episode is teenagers and adult children. And since we know nothing on this yet, because our kids are seven years old or younger, we brought in what we would consider an expert. The resident (laughs) expert. A resident expert. Um, This is the famous Nana. This is Chris's mom. Say hi, Nana. Hello, everybody. (laughs) This is Diana, my mother-in-law, Chris's mom, and um, we asked if we could ask her some questions today. We also pulled some answers from our resident. Um, We have a uh, actually a great grandma. We have several uh, around grandma age that are parents of adult kids, so we have some extra um, answers, too, since we have no personal information on it. <laughs> so we didn't we, know any of these answers. You no. had to call in backup for me is what it was. You, yeah, right. no. In we case Nana in goes off the big guns. In case <laughs> Nana goes off the rails, we need other opinions. Uh, no, we just wanted to make sure we had all sides covered. <laughs> So um, we're going to get started, but we do want to give you guys a heads up. And I'm afraid if I don't say it at the beginning, I'll forget by the end. Um, We are taking a little bit of a summer break. We'll be off June and July. Well, the first week in June, we're going to release a little summer episode. But we're taking off June and July to, um, let's be honest, survive summer with our kids. (laughs) And uh, try to enjoy it without the the extra podcast pressure. So we're going to take a little break for summer and then we'll come back around August and um, hit back with new episodes. So if you have any questions or anything between now and then, as always, follow along on Instagram at Surviving Motherhood Podcast. So are you ladies ready to get started? Let's do ready. It. Okay. Woo, we're, gonna, we're jumping in hot. So this first question is, uh, we're asking you, Nana, first, what's the hardest part about being a mom to an adult? Oh, gosh. I think it's pretty easy being a mom to an adult. I mean, because you got, you know, kind of built in friends. They talk to you and you learn how to kind of communicate on a new level. But um, I guess realizing maybe that you just can't influence them maybe as much or it doesn't feel like you can. It's kind of like they have their own little world and you're just kind of in it. (laughs) <laughs> by, by influence, do you mean manipulate or do you mean influence? 
<laughs> well, well, yes, maybe, possibly. Steer, steer, steer. Uh, yes, that's funny. but that does I not know. stop you from trying. <laughs> I try I've never, ever my best. Yes, I do try. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so let's hear a couple of the other answers. Um, first, the hardest part of parenting is not being able to fix everything for your child. So that's mm -hmm. the hardest, which mm -hmm. that says for either. It's, mm -hmm. you know. Um, another is the hardest part is when they're young adults and newly married, when they're wanting to try to make their own way in the adult world. Yeah, because I, you know, like I can remember, um, I had a, I had a good friend that told me that one time when she, right after she got married, her, her and her husband had had a fight and she ran to her mama's house and she said, you turn your little self around and go back home to your husband and deal with your issues. So <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. And that really is probably what you should do. You know, it's kind of like the, the learning to let them deal with their own problems starts young, you know, and mm -hmm. you should be I think done. That would, I think that's the hardest part about the first year of marriage is when the parents don't stay out of your business. So yes. I think that's good advice for like, you know, if you, plus this was one of the answers in that last answer I just read, it says a mother is only as happy as their unhappiest child, which mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, that's, that's rough, you know, mm -hmm. but so but true. true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. But I think also too, it's just, you have to, you do have to learn to let them you know, live their lives, you know, you can't do it for them. So it's like, you, you got to start way before they get married. And then definitely when they get married, it's like, you definitely have to be hands off and prayers on. <laughs> yeah. Another is uh, keeping my advice to myself, unless I'm asked for advice, learning mm -hmm. that your kid is completely able to make right decisions. <laughs> but honestly, that's yeah. just good advice everywhere. Keep your yeah. advice to yourself unless you're asking Yeah, not just motherhood. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you want to, like, sneak in a little helpful anecdote every once in a while. But, like, for the most part, the most annoying thing ever is when I'm not asking for advice. And let and me dead. tell you what I think. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. So, like, let's but, just. But, Rachel, we do want to say that your mother-in-law never does that. I did not say anything <laughs> about my mother-in-law. did not. Not a word. That. No. I was thinking of, we talked on the other episode about the girl telling me that um, I was never going to sleep well again and I should enjoy uh, rest while I was pregnant, blah, 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 blah. And that was, I'm wagging my finger over here, over it. Like no girl. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yes. The last answer on this question is in my experience, the only true hard part of being a mom to an adult is not having the ability to make everything okay when they have hard days and to be there physically with them. Oh yeah. So like, I guess not, I, I guess she means to not be physically there with them when they're, you know, they're having a hard day. Yeah. They got to go home to their spouse and talk about their hard day. They can call you on the way home, but then they got to go home to their spouse and eat ice cream with them. They're not Exactly. Because that's part of the bonding process. You know, you want the, you want the good and the bad with your spouse. So you got to, I feel like I, that. I feel like I always call and say, I need to vent. Like I make you it do. very clear yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, right. Like, I Which don't want still, you to fix anything, mom, but mm -hmm. I I just need to complain. And I still have to, 
you know, tell myself, okay, she's not wanting me to find a solution to this problem. She's just needing to get it out. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I still, I still struggle with that sometimes. That's hard. Okay. So the next question, what's the easiest thing? Maybe we should have started with that one. What's the easiest (laughs) thing about being the mom to an adult? They got to handle their business. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't your problem. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I hate that for you. I hope you figure that out. (laughs) You little jerk. (laughs) Oh, good luck with that. Oh, that sounds complicated. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, One of our answers says being able to just be their friend, which is what I always wanted to be in the first place. Sometimes you just can't be, which is very true. So true. Uh, You just wait and wait to be able to be their friend. (laughs) Oh, finally, when they get to be an adult, we got to wait. Another answer says, I think because my adult kids all live around me, my role has been very easy. I love the fun we have together as a family and the closeness that my grandchildren and great grandchildren enjoy with each other. And I love that I don't have to make any decisions. Mm, That's awesome. Yeah, that's that is awesome. It's kind of freeing, you know, let you off the hook. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, we're kind of the perfect like when you want when you want to be able to be there and help with solutions you get to you kind of have that freedom and then when you're like yeah that's messy no thanks (laughs) exactly that's exactly the truth oh because there are lots of times where i want to be like yeah i'm sorry about that griffin i can remember (laughs) y'all this is horrible to admit but one time i am not a big fan of nursing homes it's just not my thing and one time we went to a nursing home good luck (laughs) just take care of me at home <laughs> uh, this old lady was chasing griffin like oh, wanting, wanting him to hug and i really wanted to be like yeah good luck griffin bye because i didn't <laughs> he was like three i'm like oh, i'm not helping you and i couldn't do that yet so. oh, <laughs> oh. when he's a grown-up all the uh, elderly people can chase him all they want exactly <laughs> Uh, another answer was um, that it's just so easy to hang out with my kids and their family. And then it's just fun. It can be fun that mm-hmm. you don't have to parent them. And then another one um, is just everything. I love seeing my kids with their spouses and children. My true role was to raise Christian, God-loving and serving, hardworking, happy and responsible adults. Man, she Ooh, had a lot of a goals. Job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure there. Yeah. With homes and families of their own, setting the bar high. And it's, she says, it's satisfying to see the results of all those days and years raising them, which I can totally see that. Like mm-hmm. when they have like a little moment with their kid or whatever. If, just, if they turn out good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, I can see that like looking, looking back being like, oh, I spent all those years scraping dried poop off your booty. So <laughs> to, to now see the fruits of my labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So next question is at what age did you feel the shift from parenting to more of a mentor relationship? I see, this is the thing I was talking about that starts, I mean, young, like you should be able, you should be doing this already with your kids at this age, because it's like, they need to learn about choices. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you have, you can decide, you know, right now you can see like when one of my grandchildren, I was telling Chris, I think last week that 
that Collier was mad at me about something I had told him he couldn't do or something. And he, and he reared back and was going to throw whatever he had in his hand, you know, <laughs> not mine. And, no. <laughs> and I said, you know, this it's, it's in your hands. This can end right now and be done. And you can just be mad at me because you can't do that. Or it can get worse. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can throw that and we can go downhill from there. So are you sure that wasn't Adeline? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh that actually happened to me today with Lawson, but before I could even I said one word to get onto him to not and throw it. Was it. Released, right? Yeah. As yeah. soon as he knew that I saw him yeah. with it in his hand, he <laughs> yes. threw it. So yes. that's a whole that that'll be a whole other <laughs> story well he's two yeah. years behind collier so maybe he's got well, collier, Col- collier was probably two at the time this has been a while has no, it no this happened last week oh okay <laughs> but did he but throw collier, it no he did not oh, throw good. it he, he made a, you know and i told and i reaffirmed that after he did it i said that was a good decision you know and and we moved on so i think that's probably would be a, a, a piece of advice that i don't see happening real often is um kind of letting them know early on how bad things get for you do largely depend on the choices you make, it, you know, yeah. even, even at two and three and four, as soon as they're old enough to understand you and, and they can understand you before they're talking, you know, yeah. like Lincoln fully understands me right now when I'm talking to him, he can't oh, yeah. talk, he can't talk back, but I, you know, he can Which yes and no me. Frustrated. Yeah, exactly. But he can yes and no. So it's like, you know, just let let them make choices and let them suffer the consequences for their choices when they're two, three, four, five, all the way up. And then when they get to be, you know, 25, the consequence is not going to prison, you know? So Yeah. <laughs> that kind of, makes sense. Yeah. One thing that someone told me when my kids were really young, which I thought was really good, and I don't know if this person made it up or someone told them or what, but this really doesn't have anything to do with the question. I'm going off on a side note here, but buckled up. I'm holding they, on tight. They said, you know how people will count. They'll say, you better stop one, two. Okay. Well, I can honestly say I've never done that because this person said it before I reached that. Otherwise I would have done this, but they said, when you're counting, you're giving them three seconds to disobey. You need to let them know that whatever it is you're telling them, you mean it right now. You don't mean you in three seconds, you better do this. You mean it now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, mm, yeah, that's it really that's challenged me early. I mean, I, I, I won't say I've never done that. I'm sure there's been a time where I'm like one, you know, out of desperation, like, please just listen to me. <laughs> well, and I think just the biggest thing that you could teach your kids is to let them know they will be trusted with as much freedom and responsibility is they prove to be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I will give you freedom. And when you prove you can't be trusted with it, it will be removed from you. Yep. So they, if they get that concept early on, then your teenagers are golden, you know? <laughs> so. I don't know about that. Okay. So some of the answers here, um, it started when she was in college and it has grown from there talking about the shift from parenting mentor so we've got a while Rachel Mm. (laughs) another one says whenever they become adults buying their first home wait a second is that the wrong one 
No, that's no, when they're right. talking about mentoring. Mentoring, yes. Okay, so when they're buying their first home, when they're working in their chosen perfection, and when they're completely financially independent and making the right choices in life. Mm-hmm. So they don't stop parenting until they're <laughs> making right decisions. <laughs> Girl, I was way I was way done before that. <laughs> <laughs> That's because your kids have been making good decisions. That's so right. We just been making them for so long. <laughs> well, we were we were very blessed with two really good kids who did you know they they pulled some stunts, but um, we we <laughs> no. did have we we did have it pretty easy. But I always preface it by saying that it's. You know, you could, they could be in the headlines tomorrow. (laughs) I don't take that for granted. I'm not in any way claiming, you know, victory over Over parenthood. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try try not to headline it, Mom. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. So, what was the hardest age to parent? I do think teenagers probably have to be the hardest just because it's that, um, you know, we always, my friends and I always used to use the analogy of you give them your, it's like a picture, a picture of parenting a teenager is like you have a rope in your hands and the rope is tied around your kid and you're kind of slowly giving them slack and they're doing great and you think everything's wonderful. And then they do something stupid and you got to reel in all that slack, you know, (laughs) you just got to pull them back in. Yeah. Um, and, and try it again. And, and the hope is that each time they get a little further than they did before. So don't you think that's with any parenting now? Yeah. Age you're giving them a little bit of rope. It's just bigger decisions. I guess it's It's the rope keeps getting longer. It's a little harder to reel it back in. (laughs) The decisions are more their life or other people's decisions. Yeah. High, High stakes. Exactly. This this stakes seem to get a little higher and, and and involve more people and you know that kind of thing. It's like you know, okay, well, if you throw your ball, you're not going to have your ball. You know, if you that's your consequences. Okay, well, if yeah. you throw it, and I told you not to throw it, you don't get the ball. But if if I tell you, you know, don't have sex when you're 15 and you have a baby, then that's, you know, that's a, that's lot a little bigger. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah high, for sure. High stakes on that one. Uh, so I'm looking through the answers and uh, it's all high school. So basically what they're telling us is buckle up. Yeah. Uh, so hi, the first answer is high school. And then this, this one kind of got me in the field, so I'm going to read it, but this one's oh, not no. quite high school. Um, Once I realized I could no longer control the hurts and heartbreaks my kids would experience, my oldest first day of school, she walked with a close neighbor's older son. School was one block away, and I watched him push her hand away when she tried to hold it over and over. I was mm. devastated. Mm. Heart, heartbreaks when they became teenagers dominated my thoughts. I didn't think they were ever going to be okay, but in a short time, they were fine. Illnesses were very difficult, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's I, true. That's ooh. hard. It, it is. It's very hard to watch your children hurt. Oh, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's hard. Kidney stones. So, yes. Yeah, yes. Well, even a heartbreak's even harder. A I heartbreak, feel like. I think a heartbreak is work, worse than a physical ailment. Yeah, I definitely Griffin, would say heartbreak's worse. Griffin, I can remember the first time that he got on yellow at school. And he was like so disappointed in himself. And now it was, I was like so torn between 
you better do better. And it's okay, buddy. We get yellow sometimes. Mm-hmm. I still have yellow days. You know, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. And then I can remember when somebody, one of the girls made fun of him because mm-hmm. I had written him a note in his lunchbox. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never been. I'm like, well, I'm real sorry. Her mom doesn't love her. Blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but I wanted to she bad. mama bear. Yes. Yeah. And then it's right. like, you have to realize that kind of stuff is going to happen always. Yes, it's true. Oh, yeah, it's true. Um, another answer says probably high school at this point. I think your kid wants to do their own thing and will rarely take any advice from their parents. <laughs> yeah. And then this one says the hardest age for me was 18 to 22 ish. These years could be the most important years in determining so much about the rest of their lives, professions, mm-hmm. spouses, babies, the shift to give them freedom that they want and need to some degree, yet they are not mature enough for the total freedom. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's tricky, especially, I mean, if you're, uh, if your kids move out at 18, I think that makes it even harder because they're, they're definitely not mature enough to make those big, big grown up decisions, but you don't even have your finger on them to know where that, what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. That's, and it's mm. all about knowing your kid. I mean, you just got to know, uh, you know, I, I really think Brent and Chris were both kind of old souls, you know, mm-hmm. um, Brent, he thinks he flew under the radar a lot, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of parents know things that they don't necessarily acknowledge they know, <laughs> but, um, I think or they just you, pretend they didn't know. Right. I mean, I think that you just, you have to know what, what you're dealing with. Cause you, when you, when you said decision, making decisions, they're not mature enough to make, um, that's true. You know, some of my friends, their kids that are, 27, 28, you know, that age range still are struggling to figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. And then I I really felt like Brent and Chris both had a really good grasp of who they are and kind of what they wanted early Mm -hmm. on. So that's like some people I look at, I was 20 years old when I got married. So some some people I'm like, no, there's no way (laughs) they're ready for marriage at 20. But Some people then, aren't ready for marriage at 30, though. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So, and, well, and, and honestly, I don't know if I was ready for marriage when I turned 20. <laughs> it's yeah, like well, I did it, and we're, you know, we're 10 years in almost at this point, and it all, but, like, I, we are definitely different people now than we were then, so had we not been committed to the cause. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, you're going to, hopefully you're going to grow together. I think, though, your fundamentals, you have to have, you know, you got to have it, you got to have your basics, your your ducks in a row on on the main stuff all the little stuff is going to come but you just you you know don't sweat the small stuff there's a reason that's a saying you know right I have a question Nana I feel like both of your kids this is a little off topic but I thought about it so here we go Um, I feel like both of your kids have learned pretty well to not that they haven't ever made mistakes y'all ain't perfect but exactly um, I dispute (laughs) I feel like they are both really good at learning from other people's mistakes. Like a lot of their friends that did went in different directions, et cetera, they definitely chose not to both of them, you know, in separate instances. So did you, do you feel like you had to, you made an effort to like say, look around? (laughs) Well, I think, I think that probably, probably what we, what we did, I definitely followed my parents lead on this was, and and hopefully this is the way Brent and Chris felt is I, I tried really hard not to be like 
you better not do blah, 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 you know, dot, 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 whatever it is. And just say, you know, I've just watched people who've made this decision, who have decided to, to do this and it hasn't worked out that great for them. And that I can remember, you know, when it came to drinking and drugs and things like that, my dad saying, you know, I've just never really seen anything good come from it. So, and I've seen a lot lot of bad come from it. So that's why I wouldn't want to do it. I think Brent and I both are the kind of kids that we're going to follow the rule if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so kids, you know what I mean? We're that kind of adult also. (laughs) So I think that, and I, Griffin is a hundred percent that kid. So I think that it's important to address why you shouldn't do things right. or what it could do right. if yeah. you do, you know, and make it like a, you have the full power to do that. Right. But if you do it, this you is will have going to happen. And then, you know, cause I mm-hmm. always, anytime I decided to do anything, I always weighed like, what's my dad going to do if I do this? You know <laughs> what I mean? And so I had clear expectations of what was okay and what wasn't and why it was okay and why it wasn't. So I think that helped in the. Well, I think it's because we, we tried to not just be, to not say, you know, I don't want to be that parent that says you always have to give them a reason, but Mm -hmm. when there is a reason, give it to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, we tried to say, this is why, you know, you, you can do this. You can choose this path if you want to. It's just probably not going to work out all that great for you and you're not going to have our support in the process. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes with Griffin, because I try really hard to not say because I said so, but I say it all the time. And a lot of times (laughs) it's because I can't go into the reasoning of why, right? right. you know, like you're too young to know why you can't do this or this or that, or, you know, they'll say, Hey, can I go over to so-and-so's house and blah, blah, blah. And it's somebody, I don't know their parents. And I'm like, no, which that's that's another thing I was going to say, which I'm sure we'll get there with the questions. But it is so important to know who your kids are hanging out with and what kind of home they're being raised in, what their values are. And and if you can, I, we were very fortunate in that we were the house that everybody hung out at. Mm-hmm. And that's I like that, too, because then I get to know the kids that they're hanging out with. And we had so much fun when the, you know, that that was a lot of fun years when we were, you know, having kids over all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you kind of get to figure out and have conversations with your kids about like when you see a shady one, what, you know, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about, what do you think about so-and-so and kind of get them talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. and say, yeah, I just, I, I wondered about that. I wonder about their parent. What are their parents? What do you know about, you know, so mm-hmm. it's it's really important to to always know who your kids are hanging out with. Right, you're lucky with that because Ada tells you everything. Oh, she gets in the car and just spills the tea. So and so is an orange. <laughs> they pushed somebody in line, and my teacher was so mad. Uh, yeah, she she's ready. So I, yeah. I've got I've got her trained, and every time I'm like. Shh. Everybody else be quiet. I need to know. Yeah, I need I'm to like, know what she's saying. And then right. I, I try to explain to her nicely how to just report the facts. 
<laughs> don't <laughs> like, gossip. Tell me exactly <laughs> what happened. I don't need any of the extra anecdotes. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you basically answered our next question. Um, what is your best advice to moms of teenagers? So if you have anything yeah. to add to it. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, what I would suggest is, you know, know them, know, know who they're hanging out with and, and what's going on. So, yeah. Well, the answer from our panel was a resounding, is that how you say that? Resounding. Resounding, Yes. Listen to them. Mm -hmm. That is everybody's Mm -hmm. best advice. Uh, Mm -hmm. Always be there to listen and not interfere too much. Mm-hmm. Take time to listen and get to know their friends very well. Welcome their friends. Make it a fun place to be. Be the parent who takes them and their friends to activities. You Which, can't love them too much. Oh, and the car conversations yes. are, you will learn so much. Because for some <laughs> reason, they think there's an invisible shield between the driver's seat and the back seat. And they, if you get a gaggle of kids back there, they will talk like you're not even driving the car and you'll just get all kinds of information. Well, you guys know I'm an only child and my mom had a minivan and I was always <laughs> like, mom, come on in. She got the car. <laughs> yeah. She literally, you know, cause this was back in the nineties when we weren't as responsible and she, we would literally like, she would take our entire like elementary cheer team to the games like the entire thing she would lay down the back seats oh gosh we did the same thing and we would just all pile in and apparently give her the good scoop because she just kept doing it and she does not love driving people around (laughs) we got got in a wreck wreck. once yes we had a wreck (laughs) i was just gonna say we had a wreck one i probably had Oh, four kids that weren't buckled. I, I don't know. <laughs> we had so many kids that were not legal in that car, you know. Ooh. And at, like in the middle of Reynolds Road. She made like, us I, run. I, I like, get out of the car. Get <laughs> and yeah. I'm worried about my six-year-old being in a five-point harness. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, <laughs> We're I, too I, hard I, on ourselves. We're too hard <laughs> on ourselves. I'm going to read a couple more of these because I think they're good. Okay. Uh, This one says that they believe all teenagers should find something they're good at to channel their. Yes. Yes. That's good. Um, Another one says don't jump to conclusions on the reasons for their actions. Communication is important, which I think is so true because if you, if you're already scared to tell your parents something and on top of that, you're worried that they're not going to listen to why you did it, then you just aren't going to tell. Well, and I was going to say, you know, don't overreact, you know, Mm -hmm. as, as a parent, when you're, if your kid comes home at 10 years old and says, Hey, when I was over at Johnny's house the other day, his dad was, you know, doing lines on the t- kitchen table. I don't know, whatever, something bad. Something oh, really Lord. Bad. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> trying, trying. Now I'm trying to think, do I know a Johnny? No, I'm just kidding. No, that never happened to me personally. But I'm saying, you know, like I remember learning like whatever y'all told me to try not to overreact and go crazy, even though I would have if y'all had told me that the doing They were lines, doing lines. But, <laughs> yeah, I think that's you, probably cause for yeah. overreaction. <laughs> But, you know, to just try to, which goes back to the listening point you made, just Mm -hmm. listen to them. And because if you, you think about it, if somebody, you know, even as an adult freaks out when you tell them stuff, you don't want to tell them stuff. You, Mm -hmm. you want to, you want that person that you can kind of count on for a calm 
solution, I guess. Oh, I mean, I still, as an adult, I do not tell you something until I'm ready to, like, I, <laughs> I, I'll know your reaction. You know what I mean? Like, if uh -huh. I get pregnant with the fifth baby, I'm going to be sure I'm happy about it before I tell you because you're not going to be that thrilled. <laughs> Y'all, so. I love my grandchildren. My daughter is not a good pregnant person. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, goodness. Okay. So, so what, do you, what do you think has changed from when you were raising kids? What do you think is harder or easier on us than it was when you were raising us? Well, you, you are going to know where your kids are 24-7. Um, They're going to probably I, find creative ways to get around. I mean, I know we'll try to be step up all but kids are crafty I'm oh not. yeah they are you know I can remember when uh when I was raising mine and uh girls would g girls would have on not and if Chris did this I didn't know and Chris it's fine don't tell me I don't want to know but girls would put provocative clothes on under normal clothes and are they were kidding? Made, I've never been comfortable with my body you know uh, I didn't know that. baseball yeah. player yeah, no, and that so, was Halloween. You know, I always work <laughs> basically nothing on Halloween. Yeah, right. So they would uh, you know, go to the movie theater and go into the bathroom and pull off the clothes that their mom, that their, you know, their mom dropped them off in these normal clothes. And then they would have on these looking like they're, you know, going down to get a, you know, pimp, hook up with the pimp. So there's, <laughs> yeah, they definitely. What world were you living in? <laughs> Oh, Chris can Lord. tell you that she Chris caught me more than a time or two, by the way, spying on her in the movie theater parking lot. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she would she would I say, "Mom, always, I see you." I pretty much always acted as though my mom was around the corner because there was a good chance she was. <laughs> well, that's one way to keep your kids on their toes. Right? Well, I mean, I just I just wanted them to know that I was not beneath i would do a random check you know you weren't too proud to hide in the park i lot. was not too proud to hide and do a random check to make sure they were where they said they were going to be and with whom they said they were going to be there well you can sleep good tonight knowing i never wore other clothes under my clothes and changed yeah okay. i didn't think that i didn't think that was your thing but i just knew that no. was a thing at the time <laughs> um, i don't think i knew anyone that did I Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I don't think y'all got cell phones until you were, what did we think, Chris? You were 14? Yes. When you got your own cell phone? Mm -hmm. I was 12. 
Why are you? Gosh, Rachel, you were young. No, I got my own because I cheered and basketball games were far away. And my mom wanted me to be able to call and tell her when I was 15 minutes away from the school. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she didn't want to sit in the school parking lot at 11 o'clock. You have to remember back then it wasn't like unlimited text. No, I literally could only call my mom. Yeah, it's like we didn't have the freedom. You know, it was like that phone that we we had to pay 15 cents if we sent a text. So there was no way to like sneak a text. You know, texts weren't Mm -hmm. even a thing when I got. I was going to say, I don't. Not even a thing. It it took a while to come out. They were a thing when I got mine at 14, I think. Well, I was, I'm two years older than you. So yeah, you got got yours two years sooner. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't, they were literally like nobody my age had phones. I literally got it because my mom didn't want to sit in a school parking lot. I couldn't, I didn't text really, I think until like ninth, 10th grade. Yeah. I can remember calling my mom and saying, Hey, I really want to send a text. I'll pay you 15 cents when I get home. Like it was that (laughs) kind of thing. So like, it was not the kind of like get a phone that you get now, you know? Yeah. No, it was definitely a whole different technology. So yeah, the things that our kids are going to be able to do on phones is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Technology is one of the. Yeah, that's one of the biggest. One of the answers we had was definitely technology. I made an effort to le- limit television time, but now there's so much balance when it comes to screen related issues. And then somebody else said, I could write a book, but I'll leave some things for the younger moms. <laughs> we didn't have car seats. This is a good one. So we didn't have car seats. So when we brought our babies home from the hospital, we carried them in our arms in the front seat after a five day hospital stay. Oh my. And then. <laughs> They stood in the middle front seat until they were too tall. That's, that's the truth. That is the truth. That's how I grew up. Now, of course, my that's uh, obviously that's a grand a great grandmother that you're talking to. Yes, yes. But um, her daughter's your age. So yes, because that's how I grew up. I mean, you know, I stood up in the in the middle of the front seat of the car. Well, that's yeah. like is it was it Kristen? Um, not, why can't I think of her last name? Dax and. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Thank you. Yes. She said on Ellen, she was talking, I think she was talking about how her parents said something like, oh, these kids need screens in the car now and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, yeah, we were doing cartwheels in the back seat. They're strapped (laughs) in a five point harness, you know, they can't even roll their neck. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, My mom, uh, well, that's what, you know, they argue, not they, you know, that they, I'm quote, I'm doing air quotes, but that like, well, we didn't, the kids will be fine. We didn't even have um, car, uh, seat belts. but my mom's, I think it was her goddaughter, um, was four years old, standing in the front middle. They had an accident. She hit her head, didn't look like a big deal, and she passed away. So my mom was always like super horrible about what what I thought was horrible. But now I just see that it was like good parents protecting you. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, which ho- hopefully you know that's the hope is that your kids see that. Oh, now I get that's why mom was doing that. Well, I'm that way about Griffin. Griffin went recently um, with some friends. It's he went with somebody I grew up with that was driving him. So it's like, it wasn't like I let him go with strangers, but they were going to the trampoline park and I sat him down and I had had a real frank conversation with him. I said, look, you're going to take your car seat. I mean, and it's just the booster with the seatbelt. So it's not like I made him take a five point harness. He's seven. I'm like, it's to Little Rock. Y'all are going to be on the interstate and you're going to take your car seat. You can decide whether that's too embarrassing for you to go or not. But you cannot go if you don't take your car seat. 
Right. And sit so. in your car seat. And he's a rule follower, so I knew that he would actually. Now, Beckett, he'd take his booster seat and throw it in the trunk. And, and smile and nod at you. <laughs> yes. But Griffin, I knew that he actually would do it. And so he decided it was worth it, and he was going to take his booster seat, and everybody lived all the way through it. But it was one of those right. moments in parenting where I'm like, I think I even called you, Mom. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I, if uh, they uh, get in a, in a wreck uh, uh, and he didn't have his booster and I already had that feeling of he needs to be in his booster, uh, I'm not going to forgive myself. So it's exactly. just not worth it, you know? Exactly. Yep. Uh, another one from the great grandmother that I thought was really interesting because we're so opposite now. Another difference is that we had no routines. The babies just controlled when they slept and they ate. I wish someone oh, had no. told me I could mm-hmm. control that, but I guess no one had ever tried it back then, which I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure that, somebody tried it, but I was going to say, they probably mom, were crazy though. Whoever it was like, they were probably like, you know, cause no, is that I, hippie age when Mimi was did. raising babies? No, no, she's older than that. Um, in the 60s, um, probably more like Lala's age is when, right? She was, she was raising babies. Well, if, it would be if she had had you at a normal time. She had you later, no. too. No. Right? Mom's not as old as later? Mimi. No, no she's, know, saying, oh. she's saying she's saying that hippie like, age was more like when you're. Oh, yes. Like Lala grew up in the 60s, I think. Yeah, she graduated. My mom graduated high school early 70s. Yeah, so, you know. I don't think we had anybody that's really close to us that truly raised a child in that era. But my, I know my mom was scheduled. My mom mm-hmm. had, had plans for us to be scheduled. She's, I, you know, and I can remember the schedule because I knew that I had to take a nap after days of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, and days of our lives is still on. That's what's insane. <laughs> no, I think it's not. I do think it finally did go I away. I think in the last, like uh, only in the last year or two. though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's gone now. Yeah. Well, it was, it was about time. I think it wore it, out as well. It was. Uh, it ran its course several times over. Yeah. I was always uh, mad because I couldn't see General Hospital, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's why you had to go to bed so she could watch that. <laughs> exactly. That must have been her favorite. You got to go to bed before, so you no one talks during General Hospital. <laughs> uh, another answer was discipline. It seems like there's more negotiating between parents and children and kids need direction. Which that happened totally because everybody started calling DHS. You know, everybody got turned yeah. in to scan and all that stuff. So I think people That's just... That's true. It is a hard it. lesson. I remember I, we were at Burger King um, because I'm an A-plus parent like that. <laughs> we're eating Burger King. But Beckett did something. He smarted off to me and I popped him in the mouth without thinking. Just like reaction in the middle of Burger King. And mm-hmm. I was sweating that whole night like... If somebody saw that, mm-hmm. they're going to call, you what know, if they like got I was my just, license plate number. Exactly. And- I was genuinely like, oh my word, that mm-hmm. is not good. And then well, and like, I had a friend who was a great parent. I, I know without a shadow of a doubt, this, these parents never did anything wrong. And somebody turned them in to scan. Really? And yeah, and we never, I mean, and it was just horrible for them. And so, yeah, you don't. Yeah. That's I mean, what happened. That's, I mean, and that's still happening. I knew of a friend of a friend that there's, there was a bruise, a questionable bruise. It's like, oh my God, my kid gets bruises all the time. It's like, I'm sure oh. they had to have a little bit of more something to go on, but the school reported it. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's just scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and another, kids, the things kids say, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, don't yes. say that, you know. 
Absolutely. And then another one is social media, cell phones with internet, our culture now. Our kids played outside with toys, games, and played with their friends. They watch very little TV, and this is for the parents also. We didn't even have cable when my kids were preschool age. The standard for conduct and respect for others and authority and elders is not the same culturally, which, uh-huh. I mean, I could see that when I was teaching. I didn't feel like the level of respect, like, even though I was a good kid, my parents would always have believed the teacher. Like, uh-huh. it took, I had a first grade teacher that was, like, uh, very threatening and would yell and yell and yell. And I would like go home crying a lot because I was a tender little first grader. Um, And um, she had us terrified over the standardized tests. And I would like stay like my mom couldn't get me to bed at night because I was so scared. And so finally, I mean, this was like months of me crying to my mom. And finally, she she got she came to pick me up early and then just waited at the door and finally heard her screaming. And then we went and talked to the principal. But it was like one of those where I like I had, you know, parents come up and like, just be like, I heard on Friday that you said this. And it's like, well, first of all, no, I didn't. Second of all, yeah. like, you're Give up me the at my door at 8 a.m. Monday morning. Like you couldn't have, like, th- this is how we had to handle this. You know, it was one of those situations where I could tell that just culturally we've kind of shifted on um, how not, It's I don't even want to say blame, but just how, mm, adults teacher relate, you know, adult kid relationships have changed somewhat. They're more flexible, yeah. which well, I, and par- they yeah, parents yeah. just need to teach their kids that they have to obey the teacher when they're at school. So yeah, I think though it's hard because um, even with Griffin, there was a for first grade his teacher who I love and respect, and had it not been her, it might have been like a hmm, but she had this like contract for first graders. And it was like saying all the rules, you know, of first grade and what they'll do and what she expected of them. And then she had them sign it. But one of the things said, I will do what whatever an adult tells me to do within this school or something. The way that it was worded, I said, Griffin, I'm going to have you sign this, but I want you to know that this is not true. Like this statement, you do not do what any adult says, no matter what they say. And here's what's not appropriate. If they say this, 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 or this, you don't do it. You go get a second opinion or whatever, you know, because it was like, I understand that she's like from the old school. I'm sure she gets a lot of disrespectful, like kids that they say something and the kids are like, I'm not doing that. Or you're not the boss of me, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's where the rule came from. But the way it was worded, I'm like, no, you don't do whatever an adult tells you to do, no matter what. If they tell you to go to the bathroom and do this, you don't do it. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. it was like, it was like uh-huh. that. We our, we had that conversation of like, she's saying this rule because if an adult tells you to be quiet, get in line, do this, do that, you know, that's why she made the rule. But don't, because Griffin's so literal. So he'd uh-huh. be like, well, an adult told me to do that, you know? So I was like... We're, we're not going there, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next question is, what do you think is the most valuable lesson you can teach someone entering adulthood? Whew. Hmm, the most valuable lesson entering adulthood. Don't think too hard because it's too late. We've already been in adulthood. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, probably, 
Oh, there's so many, but I mean, I, I, things that come to my mind are like, you're not going to change people. You know, people are basically who they are. So don't, don't be thinking you can fix anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, trust yourself. Yeah. Know who you are, you know. That's a good one. Know who you are. I yeah. do think, though, the not changing people, like, there are so many people that I've found since high school that they're basically the same. Mm, yeah. That it's like, you know what I mean? Like, if you, if there was somebody who you thought was crazy in high school, they may be a little less crazy in adulthood, but they're still kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's still underneath there somewhere, even if they figured out how to, yes. like, Well, and that's another one. That's another one I would say, and it, it it tends to be more, you need to have this advice more when you're raising girls um, than boys, but just to not tolerate drama. Mm-hmm. You know, girls are drama-filled, and mamas don't get over drama, Like, and, and the girls will be over it quickly. So, mm-hmm. you know, whenever they come in and they're just going off Bashing about somebody yeah just don't don't get involved in all that and don't encourage all that and just you know leave that to the teenagers and then when as often as you can remind your daughter that that you know that's not that's not productive it's not nice to to do that so just kind of yeah you know my move mom, past that my mom did a pretty good job of staying out of all that stuff um but I remember so clearly it being in her car talking to her and me asking if so-and-so could come spend the night. And she looked at me like I was insane and was like, aren't we mad at them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even, I'm like, no, I like, don't for what? Like, well, yeah. last week at practice, you said blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And me being like, oh no, I'm completely okay with that. She looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, she, then she was like, well, okay. You know, yeah. if, and I if you're going to forgive her. <laughs> And I do think, though, as a mom, you know, like when you see a quality in a person that you can tell is a mean quality, like that, like maybe they truly are a mean girl. And you Mm -hmm. see if you see in your child um, and this is with a girl or a boy, a willingness to just keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep then Mm -hmm. that's when you kind of need to say, look, this, you know, I'm not saying they're necessarily a bad person, but they've kind of shown some behavior here over and over again that maybe we, maybe they're showing us who they are and we should believe them. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I was about to say. What did you tell me all the time? When someone yeah. shows you who they are, believe them. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not saying to just totally just, Oh, turn a blind eye to it. There's it's balance. It's all about balance. So. Well, and I have a couple of opposites. Griffin is like, you get one shot. If you screw it up, then his grace is done, which is his mother's child. And then Beckett, you could pretty much run him over with the car and then he'd get up and say he was sorry he was in the way, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm going to have to like. That's, but that's great. If you know your kids, you just got to know your kids and know what they're, you know, and, and strengthen them where they need strength and humble them where they need it. <laughs> okay. So here's our most valuable lessons from the panel. Uh, most valuable lesson, how to be an adult, how to navigate the new skills they're needed that are needed as a grown up. That's pretty broad, but you know, yeah. if you can pack that all in, go for it. Yeah. 
Um, Which next, that was my mom's answer. So obviously she did a fabulous job. Thanks. I mean, yeah, clearly yeah. she taught you how to be an adult, obviously. Yeah, winning. <laughs> next is <laughs> to listen to and get advice from stable Christian adults on important life decisions and exactly. don't sweat the small stuff. Exactly. Which I always did say, if you don't, you know, if you don't know the right thing to do, picture ask. somebody, picture somebody, yeah, or you can't ask. Pick up, pick somebody that you admire, you know, mm -hmm. or and kind of follow that because you know we'll say people don't have kids. Poor, poor them. They're eighteen and they've just never had anybody show them how to live life. You know, it's like okay, well, at some point you should be able to see. Okay, these people seem to have it going on, and these people seem to seem to not. So. Let's try doing what they're doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. This one was my favorite, most valuable lesson. Um, it says, actions have consequences always, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. when the action occurs in private. That's absolutely true. Uh-huh. But I Ripple. was like, dang, ouch. Mm -hmm. ouch. Even when yeah. you think. No one even knows I did that. Mm -hmm. So this is not mm -hmm. a consequence of that. It's like, no, it is. No, it's, it's true. Yeah. Ripple effect. I always try to tell my boys that too. Whenever they're, I can tell that they're like lying about something. I'm like, you know, Jesus already knows. So even mm -hmm. if I don't find out, it's going to eat you alive. And then they're usually like, okay, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So next question. What is, what's one thing that felt important to you at the time that you were raising kids that in hindsight wasn't really all that? This was my favorite question. Not important. This was this thank was you. I wrote this question. So Did thank you. you. Okay. <laughs> she wrote this, all the questions. This she, was really my favorite question. And 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 this is hopefully this will be helpful to some people out there. I didn't I didn't struggle with this, but it has been and I continue to see it be a struggle. So I'm gonna just hopefully let everybody off the hook here on this one. <laughs> Halloween. Halloween was one of those things. <laughs> I hate Halloween so bad. Oh, but you know, it's like when whenever I was raising my kids, and now I still see it. It's like you ha you have all those people who say, and they mean well, and they have a good point. It's like we don't celebrate Halloween because you know that's satanic, and uh, kids don't know that. They're just out. <laughs> they are just out getting candy. Getting candy. That <laughs> they don't know that. And so it's like, kind of let yourself off the hook about that. I promise you, both my children are going to be in heaven talking to Jesus when they die. And they went out trick-or-treating every Halloween. <laughs> and so it's like, just kind of move past that one. The other one was, um, you have got to be a diligent parent in watching what your kids watch. This That's not, so hear me, if you're going to quote me, quote me correctly. I'm not saying don't pay attention to what your kids watch. It's very important that you do. But I had friends that would, you know, not let their kids watch Ninja Turtles because, you know, they're encouraging fighting. And and it's like I had one, oh, and we laugh about this. Um, she would not let, let her boys um, have a master of the universe, you know, superhero master of the universe, color sheet to color at daycare because Jesus was the only master of the 
Oh, Lord. And so, you know, so it's like, whew, all those things are not important. I mean, well, and the thing is, you've got to, you know, there are people who they don't want their kids to have toy guns and stuff. My boys take um, picture easels. And They're fold it up and make a pistol with it. Well, and you know, I grew up. Like and they make these, these parents mean well, and they're doing what's best for their children. So I don't want to be, I'm not, I'm not trying to be condescending. But it's like on, on the other side of it now, because they would make me, I would have moments of thinking, oh my gosh, is this, does this really matter? Like the, the women who would say, don't, oh no, they don't need to play with Barbies. Barbies are perfect. That just sets them up for bad self-esteem Chris maybe that's what it is you played maybe with Barbie that's it. I think you my body should look like a Barbie and it doesn't <laughs> but I also played with those rolling Lee Middleton fat dolls so I mean yeah, that's true <laughs> you know so there's just a lot of stuff there that you, you just got to you know use a little common sense and and kind of roll with it you know and I feel like don't though, put too much weight on it I feel like if you're strong in your convictions and you really like, I feel like a lot of times people choose stuff like that just because they feel like they're trying to pick a side. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Halloween or not. They're, you know, then it's like, well, I am a Christian. So if that's true, that it's satanic, then then I'm not going to. Well, if you're doing that, then it's different. Whereas if you're strong in your conviction and you've seen something that really messed someone up because of Halloween or you've been somewhere else in the world and seen that it's, not good, you know, something like that, then it's kind of like, hey, okay, if that's your, if you feel strongly about that, then, then don't do it, you know, or whatever. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the person that was raised by an alcoholic has a totally different perspective yes, on drinking true. than a person who wasn't. So, who yes. thinks a beer is fine every now and then. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so generally speaking, I, I, I don't think there's anybody who did not become a Christian because of Halloween. <laughs> we need I to mean, do a poll. We I need to find somebody. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I it's just that kind of pressure that we put on ourselves as parents that you know maybe we shouldn't place as much emphasis on, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, so. like I said, I think if you're strong in your conviction and and you can personally like cuz I think there are things that like I do that maybe you didn't do for us as parents. And I always have to make sure that mm-hmm. I feel that I feel really like that's what I should be doing. Cause then right. it doesn't matter if you don't, you know, like Santa Claus. Yes. That's yes. I was going to say it, but I was like, well, I, yeah. just, well, well, yeah. I mean, hopefully no, there's no kids listening to us, but yeah, I got no problem with Santa Claus and you have a problem with Santa Claus. So yeah, I don't have listen. If y'all do Santa oh. Claus, I have no, well, you know, don't say I have a problem with them. We just don't do it. Right. Okay, right. <laughs> what, what, what are the answers? Okay, um, a little bit lighter. Um, one of them is being a mom of a picky eater. I just really worried that they, you know, one mm. of them is the right nutrition or the proper food. And it, she said, I guess it all worked out okay. That's exactly, that's a good uh, one. I, I didn't even think about food, but that's a really good one. That was my mom talking about me because mm-hmm. she says for years that I would turkey and cheese well and you know as, we love as far as like uh he, he, quote unquote healthy things like <laughs> yeah and you know how we tease our our cousin Shelly like you yes. know we tease her relentlessly now about how you know 
they they hadn't had their fruit for the day or whatever. Oh so, yeah, remember yeah. I told I told her that there are not enough <laughs> antioxidants and blueberries to cover the natty light that he's drinking now. <laughs> Yes. So, yes, that's true. We all have our little things that we can laugh about now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, an old This one says, an older friend of mine told me early on not to sweat the small stuff, and I took her advice and tried to follow that. It helped when I, uh, the kids were young, and then when they became a teenager, I thought that whether they were popular or a cheerleader in homecoming or a starter mm, were mm. life-changing, but it really didn't affect their lives that much. So at exactly. the time, it was fun, and it seemed like a very important thing, but it really wasn't. I love oh, the I memories, think... but the heartbreak seemed much more huge than they were, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. and when the night Chris was trying out for cheerleader, my gosh, I, you know, the pressure that we all had heart palpitations. <laughs> Good. I mean, Griffin's seven, and whenever he's playing baseball, I'm just like, he's going to do it, you know. And also, too, the stereotypical things like my son was the musical one, which I did not see until, you know, I already had Chris in piano for three years, and she hated every minute of it. So she might, she maybe can find middle C now after three years. And then Brent can play almost anything musically. So don't, don't be afraid to let What are you saying about me musically? You're not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you heard her sing since you've been gone though? (laughs) Yes. Listen, have you not heard me play? Have you not heard me play heart and soul on the piano? Yeah, that's true. You do have that down pat. But, (laughs) you know, I do give uh, your dad credit all the time because Brent, you know, we, Brent was the child that we, that that was the geek, you know, because he was in the band and he was smart and he, and he did so much better. Your dad did so much better in parenting a, a child that was, you know, not the uh, jock. The same sex, the same sex child than I think I would have done. I think had we had the daughter that. Who didn't play baby dolls and Barbies. Right. Well, no, who didn't want to, who didn't want to, the, the geek girl. Like if I had had the, the bookworm, the band girl or whatever, I don't think I would have done as good a job parenting and accepting that as your dad did with Brent because he really embraced i mean brent played sports too but he supported him in the band and you know he did we didn't have a problem with that a lot of a lot of dads you know would have not liked that path for their kids you know so it's like important to kind of let go of the dream you have of what they might be like i was the one who wanted to be able to play the piano so mm-hmm. i wanted you to play the piano and now i want adeline to play the piano. I want somebody uh, yeah. to play the piano. I, I have a living, breathing, I'm in that phase right now. Because Adeline wants to do absolutely nothing I have ever wanted to do in my life. <laughs> nothing. Not one thing. I know. Not, and it, let me so straighten her hair, and I felt that felt like a win. Right. So, well, and you, Rachel, you, you just got to roll we, with it. When we were on vacation, and she said... I wanted her to get that dang hair wrap because you know why? When I was her age, I wanted a hair wrap. So we're going to be 
We're yeah, so I paid twenty dollars for a stupid hair wrap on the beach because I never got to come back to school with one. So Adeline, <laughs> if don't ever say your mother didn't do anything for you. Made you get a hair wrap in and, Mexico, <laughs> right? And we have, and we do that. I mean, you just can't help but do that. But when you have, you know, like the boys, the dads do it with the boys, the girls do it with the moms. And Chris, I, you'll have to let us know if if girls, if if moms do it with boys, whenever. So far, it's a no. So far, it's a no, but um, yeah, it's, I'm it's, sure it's whenever he's thing. picking, when they're picking wives, it'll probably be a different story. Yeah, but Rachel, <laughs> for you now to know what Adeline does like, you know, and just embrace what she does like and encourage what she does like, because you know, I had to let go of the death of a dream of a granddaughter that was going to play with Barbies and babies. She's she's not my ga- Barbies and babies. She'd much rather go catch a lizard or find a <laughs> kitty cat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you just have to embrace who they are and, you know, yep. go with it. Yep. If those are the only things I'm having to embrace, then I can't. Right. <laughs> Life ain't so bad. But, yes, I've already had her dance, and she did not particularly love either. It was so funny. I'd always tell her, like, she would hate go like the idea of going to class, which part of it is she's just not very social. So the idea of sitting in a room with a bunch of kids without me was never fun to her but at the beginning she'd hate it she'd be like I don't want to go I don't want to go and then at the end of class she'd be like well that was fun but then the Uh next week we'd have to start all over so I'm like okay Uh I'm not I'm not forcing this so you know Uh she's only six she's got time but Uh if she I mean it's it's one of those where it's just it's hard to find things to relate to which I is Uh your whole point with Doug and Brent Uh Uh because it's like no I don't necessarily want her to cheer you know it's it's but it's like that's what I did for what literally 10 years so it's hard to yeah it's hard to let go of all that but a couple of the other answers were uh my job that I should have spent more time with the kids and uh let go of my job more and then Another one was worrying about every small detail, which I think we could all probably, you know, not, <laughs> not. It's do so hard though, because when you're in the, the trenches, yep. everything just feels like such a big decision, uh-huh. you know, and then it's like, it's really hard to, to think about the end. Like, okay, is this really going to matter? Because uh-huh. it feels so like, ugh, you know, I, I was talking earlier about when Griffin got on yellow that one day. It was so hard for me because he had a perfect record. He had never mm-hmm. gotten in trouble at school and then he ruined it. And I mm-hmm. was just like, <laughs> ruined it. I'm mm-hmm. like, now my kid got yellow. He, he was about to end with a perfect record and he screwed it up. You know, and I was like, okay. Then when I saw him being so hard on himself, I'm like, well, dang it. I'm why he's so hard on himself because I'm sitting here sweating over his perfect record like it really matters. Exactly. And and the thing that's both hysterical and terrifying all at the same time is that, you know, next month when the next problem comes up or whatever, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, how I wish I could go back to I was mad because he was on yellow. Got yellow. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. They just but get it's bigger, totally, right? Ugh. Yeah. The problems just get bigger. Yeah. It, it is nice, though, to be able to look back like. Like, I know my dad's mom was so hard on him, and then dad was so hard on us, but a little bit easier than she was, and then now Mm -hmm. I'm hard on my kids, but I think I'm a little easier than my dad. You know, it's like my dad, I will get all four children to the baseball game. Everybody's dressed with shoes. I've got the glove, the bat, the batting gloves, the water bottle, the stroller, the lawn chairs, and dad says, where... 
Yeah, and Dad says, where's Griffin's belt? I'm like, good <laughs> Lord. I don't know, but do you see everything else that we've accomplished? I mean, it's just like, uh, are you serious? Yeah. You know, the, the thing about your dad is that, that I can say, and he is that way. He's still that way with me. I could literally paint the entire house and he would find the one spot I missed. Yeah. Um, but the thing that's never in question about your dad is that, you know, he loves you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's obviously that's what matters. You know, it's like if, if mm -hmm. you, it's is if you're hard on them, they will give you grace when they know it was that you love them, you know? Oh, yeah, because I never, never questioned my worth. Right. You know, it's like I always I'm still now I'm like frantic whenever my dad's coming over because I'm like, good God, he's going to find <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know why I should just plant things that are wrong. That way, I'll, you know, he can go ahead and get that out of the way. But oh, girl, there's, I, there's no need to plant. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I did always know, like I never was. I, I know my teenage years were much calmer than a lot of people's because I never was trying to find my worth in anybody else because my dad, I, I knew my dad loved me and. You know what I mean? So it was and like that's, it, that's the whole key right there. And, and, and yeah. you know, I pray that for Adeline and for the boys. And you just want to they just have to know they're loved and they're cherished for who they are and everything else will be all right. Mm -hmm. And that if they forget the belt, you're going to tell them. You, but you're going to live all the way through it. I told Griffin what's so funny. I said, your pop's going to ask where your belt is. First thing he said, and Griffin looked at me like, how did you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for our last part of motherhood in May. Um, we really enjoyed kind of going deep on some parenting topics and hope you guys enjoyed it too. Again, we're taking off June and July. We'll be around Instagram. Don't worry at surviving motherhood podcast. And you can go back and look at our, any of our show notes or, and get links to any of our episodes on surviving motherhood podcast.com. Thank you, Nana, so much for coming on with us. You're welcome. I enjoyed you, it. You lived all the way through it. <laughs> I did. I'm nervous about it. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and as always good luck surviving motherhood imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.